Thank you for connecting to this podcast for Faith Renewed. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. And turn to Isaiah chapter 53. Isaiah chapter 53. Man. Now, typically 11 a.m. is usually more louder and more livelier than, than 9 a.m., but I said we had a large crowd for a service and they had a little more, a little more oomph this morning. So y'all got to, y'all got to step up and uh, maybe take the place so somebody didn't show. So help a brother out. Isaiah 53, verse 4. Amen. Let's read it. You got it? Verse 4 through 7. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before its shears is silent. So he opened not his mouth. Amen. Yes. Amen. That's right, Danny. Praise God. Wow. I love this passage. I want to do this before we dig into it too deep. Let's pray one more time. God, thank you for Isaiah 53, Lord, for your word, for what it brings, Lord, the hope and life that is in it. So God, today, Lord, I pray you'll speak to every person in this room. And Lord, God, let each of us leave different than what we, we came in. Lord, I pray, God, each of us will have a greater understanding price that was paid, God, of what was given. And Lord God, we'll give everything to you in return. Lord, we ask that today and believe it done in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Man, you guys look especially nice this morning. Um, I I can see you. Uh, Yeah, some of you who may not know, this is my first time wearing glasses. And I was like, man, I didn't realize how good looking our people were, man. I was like, man, y'all are beautiful. I love it. I love it. Um, That, and then on top of it, I shaved about a foot off my beard this week. And um, I had a... No love for the glory that came off my... Oh, wow, wow. That was beautiful. That was a work of art. Uh, but I have one of the... Actually, this is a true story. I have one of the, the kids, and every week, literally every week they see me from across the church, they come running, PT, PT, PT. And uh, th- this morning when he saw me, he went... He wasn't sure. So, uh, but then he came and gave me some love, and, I just, I, and we had a good time. But uh, it does feel good to be able to see you. And I, I just, just warning, if you go to sleep, I can see you now. So I'm just going to leave it at that, but I can see you now. Uh, we, we're going to jump in, man. Uh, we're in a series right now called The Greatest Stories Ever Told. And uh, we are going through the Old Testament together. And uh, I'm just going to be honest. I'm loving the Old Testament. I really am. I just I love what we're learning and what we're seeing. Um, you know, it's kind of easy. People can kind of get in their mind like the Old Testament, it was like God was mean. And in the New Testament, he's like sweet. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Like, oh, God. he's mean in the Old Testament. He's, he's loving in, in the New Testament. But we, we know God is the same yesterday, day, and forever, and he's just good. And so we do see some things from the Old Testament that I am loving. And what we've been doing last few weeks, 
We're in the book of Isaiah, and um, we have been, uh, you can go and listen to all these messages online, and we have just been digging hard in this book, and I'm loving what we're seeing. And last week I did this. I just kind of spoke and gave you three uh, promises from Isaiah, and, um, and, and the first one was just simply this, is that we can stand on God's Word. Amen? Oh, we can stand on God's Word. Uh, the flower, it, it weathers, the grass fades, but, but it's the Word of the Lord that stands forever. So His Word stands, and we can stand upon it. And so, man, I tell you, I hope this week, maybe you've just been reading the Bible saying, man, this stuff's good. I can stand on these truths. I believe it's true. Amen. Second one was this, that we don't have to fear. Amen. Look at your neighbor tell them, we don't have to fear. Amen. I, I saw who didn't just do that. <laughs> I saw who just didn't. Y'all, see, I, I, look at your neighbor tell them, we don't have to fear. Amen. We don't have to fear because he said this. He says that, that we, he holds our right hand. He, he walks with us. And uh, so don't do this. Don't, don't get to be one of those uh, children, you know, when your kids got older or you got older and you thought no longer you have to hold daddy and mama's hand. You're too cool for that. Listen, never stop holding his hand. And so, listen, there's no fear in him when we hold that hand. Third one was this, and I love this promise, man, is that we are never alone. Amen. We are never alone. He said in Isaiah 43, you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And, and, and he's with us through every situation. And so I, I want to do this this morning. We're going to pick up. We're going to hang out in one chapter this morning. Matter of fact, in just a few verses. And I hope that you'll go back and read the entire chapter. Uh, read before it. You actually can see in Isaiah 52 uh, is where this actually picks up there in the last stanza of 52, and it all goes together, and it's beautiful. But Isaiah 53 is, uh, is what some call the greatest chapter in the Old Testament. Uh, I, 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 th- I think there's, again, it is, it is so powerful. It's so good. Uh, it's been called by some theologians the, the Mount Everest of Messianic prophecy. And uh, again, beautiful. Um, Isaiah 53 is referred to as the torture chamber for Jewish rabbis. And uh, if you know what that means, that means that they have yet to believe, the Jews believe that the Messiah has come. And so they, they, they didn't believe that was fulfilled through Christ. And so they struggle with this. And so this Old Testament passage in Isaiah just kind of like drives them crazy as they try to explain that away. As they try to somehow show that to be something else other than what I believe it clearly says. I love what one writer said. He said that this section contains unarguable and incontrovertible proof that God is the author of Scripture. And that Jesus is the fulfillment of Messianic prophecy. Amen. The details are so minute that no human could have predicted them by accident and no imposter fulfilled them by cunning. That's Isaiah 53. Uh, it was quoted in the New Testament more than any other chapter in the Old Testament. We'll see this passage re- referred to by many. Uh, it, it's actually one of the reasons I love it because of in, uh, in Acts chapter 8, passage that I've preached from before, the story of where there's this Ethiopian eunuch who is driving down the road. He's in, a, he's in his chariot, and he's reading Scripture. Holy Spirit gets on, on Philip, and he goes after him, and he's running down beside the chariot. And they do this. They pull over, hang out, and the Ethiopian eunuch is reading Scripture. And as he's, man, this is powerful. As he's reading Scripture, he's reading Isaiah 53. And he reads what we just read, and he says, who is this speaking of? 
again, just more ammunition against the Jews' mindset. Philip says he's preaching and speaking of Jesus Christ. And so he speaks Christ to him, starting at this scripture, and begins to speak life into him. And then after this, we know that Ethiopian eunuch was saved, and he was baptized in some water, man, that very day. Man, this is Isaiah 53. I love it. Now, this is just my personal take on it. I love it for a couple of reasons. One is because simply we get to see in Isaiah 53 just how much God loves us. I'm so thankful. We get to see just how much he loves us. And I think just as much about that as he also says, I believe we get to see just how free he wants you to be. Amen. Just how free that God wants you to be. We see that here. So I'm going to give you this this morning. And if you're a version Bible app user, you can follow along. There's a live event taking place and, and uh, there as well. But I want to give you three must-sees in Isaiah 53. And the very first thing this morning is, and I think we must, must understand how powerful and, and true this is. Number one is this, is that we all have a disease. Pastor, didn't you say this is like kind of one of the most encouraging, most, uh, you know, one of them passages shows us how much God loves us. Uh, uh, wait a minute. Uh, didn't you say that this has been, been called the greatest passage in the Old Testament? We all have a disease. Come on. Now, I know, again, this is not encouraging. You're like, man, can we skip on number two? Uh, can we hang out in number one, talk about that later? But can we go number two? Listen, you got to understand something. No, no, number one is, 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 is good news because, listen, God loved us enough to show us that we need him. He let us see that, that we need him. him. If, if you're in this room and you've given your life to Christ, you're a Christian, you believe in Christ, you believe in the gospel, you have hope in him. You know what Christ did? He did this for you. God was good enough to you, loved you enough to show you you had a need for him. And so he showed you that you had a disease and you needed him. And this is what the verse says in Isaiah 53, 6. It says it this way. He says that all we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Now, uh, you'll see in this passage, and I want to teach for just a moment, let you see how free God wants you that in this passage you will hear over and over and over the word used, our. Now, he he says it this way. He says that it is our griefs, our sorrows, our transgressions, our iniquities. And so we keep seeing a repeat of what we bring to the table. You know what I'm saying? Now, have you ever just kind of like kind of like come to the table and really think that you kind of like bring in the best thing to the table. You know what I'm talking about? We have a fifth Sunday fellowship and you bring everybody's food and everybody's bringing stuff in. You're like, man, mine's going to be the best. And then you bring it in and it was good, but somebody else brought in something. You're like, man, that was awesome. You know what I'm talking about? I, I, you know, it was, it was one of them. I think sometimes with God, we think we can do that. We're going to bring something to the table really that awesome. Listen, listen, all, all he wants you to bring to the table is just yourself. And then he wants to take that and do some things because this is honestly what we have to offer. He says, our griefs, 
sorrows, transgressions, iniquities. Now, now, if you study this out, you could do this on your own. The actual Hebrew words for each of these is so important because this is how free God wants us. He says this. He says the very first thing he says that we bring is this, our griefs. Now, the word means this. The word griefs means sickness and disease. Sickness and disease, that's what, we, that's what we've been given. Again, we know this because we live in a fallen world, sin entered this world. This is now the result of this. Again, it wasn't God's plan. God made things and it was good. He looked at it, it was perfect. Again, sin entered, man fell. This is how this came into be. But this is just the truth. Our griefs, our sickness and disease. Second one is this, our sorrows. Our sorrows. This means this, it means the pain. Whether that be physical or mental. That's what, that's what we have to, again, the pains, the things that come on. They're, they're folks, listen, that God has saved, and they're walking around in sickness, and that's not God's plan. He wants you free from that. He wants you delivered from that. He wants you free. And so this is some of the things, again, our sorrows. He said this way. He said our transgressions. The word transgressions means this, rebellion. If you have children, you know this. You don't have to teach your kids to be rebellious. We didn't have to teach you to be rebellious. It just happened. You know what I'm talking about. You know, they just get to that place. Nobody has to teach that. That just comes. And this is, again, our. This is what ours is. And also we see this. It was our iniquities. Iniquities means perversity, depravity, guilt. So this, this is today. This is, again, what, what we, we kind of bring to the table. But I, I like what also can be ours. This is, this is what happens, and we'll see how this works in just a moment. The last hour that we see in Isaiah 53 is this. It's our peace. And this is what we can have regardless of all of these things, the sickness, the pain, mental, physical, rebellion, depravity, perversity, all these things. We must see it first of all, understand this, that we've got to go ahead and own and deal with what's been given because, again, this is what the disease will do. It will destroy you. I don't know if you're like me, and there, there's sometimes, my wife has already slid out after, after worship. Uh, uh, she can't say amen to this, but um, I'm one of those, I don't really like to admit that I need help. Just kind of how I mean, just kind of how I am. I don't want to admit that I need help. I don't want to admit that um, <clears throat> there could be something like actually wrong. Um, I, I, I would just kind of like try to like, man, I'm trying to be, I'm going, no, I'm not going to do this. I, I'm, uh-uh, uh-uh, no, no, no. Three years ago, uh, this wild, um, some of you know this story, if you've, if you've been here, uh, three years ago, it, outside in our parking lot, um, one evening, Pastor Chris and I were in the parking lot, he was getting ready to play volleyball with our young people, and I was walking around the parking lot picking up trash, and um, I, I bent down to pick up his trash, and, and when I stood up, it felt like someone behind me had a baseball bat and just teed off as hard as they could across the back of my head. And um, I'm trying to make a long story short, instead of a short story long, but um, it, it, it immediately I knew something was wrong. Um, I asked Pastor Chris, bro, I said, let's pray right now, something's up. Uh, I just knew something had happened, and um, we prayed, and... and uh, did this. I got in my truck and drove home. You know, that was wise, you know, uh, uh, because I was like, man, I don't want to admit this, admit that something's wrong. But what had happened was there was actually a vein ruptured inside my brain, and that blood was coming out. It was just like, encouraging. 
This is, this is a fun story, guys. Uh, the, the, the blood was actually coming out, and it was getting trapped between the brain and the cranial wall and was creating so much pressure upon my brain. Now, getting hard-headed, don't admit I need help. I went home, and just like, let's go to the hospital right now. This is all signs. This is aneurysm stuff. Something, something, this is serious. Let's go right now. And I was like, no, nah, I'm good. We'll be all right. Finally, I got to the place where the pressure became so severe that I finally admitted I might should go to the hospital. You know, uh, uh, again, that we go in, they do a spinal tap upon me, they find the blood, which was actually in the spinal fluid, and 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 some of you guys were by my side by that time, and I thank you for that. And and we they were told in the hospital they says we need to get you to memorial as quick as we possibly can. I went to Hillcrest, closest hospital, and they said, and they took me by ambulance, and they said, we're going to tell you what's going to happen. We're going to prepare you for what's going to happen. You're going to get there. Lights are going to come on. They're going to rush around you, and they're going to do surgery upon your brain. We believe you have an aneurysm. Now, again, uh, pushed this off as long as we could, but I did this in the process. Did we not? I said, go ahead and tell our church family. Don't put this on Facebook for the world. But put this on our, on our family Facebook page. I said, I want them to be praying for healing. And um, again, this is what God did for me, and I'm thankful for it. Uh, by the time we got from Hillcrest to Memorial, they'd rush me in, put me underneath uh, this real big fancy thing, shot dye in my brain, and, and did a scan to try to find out where the aneurysm was in my brain, where they needed to enter. And it was gone. Praise God. Amen. Now, again, uh, this is the truth. Um, I'm really hard-headed. <laughs> Didn't want to admit something was wrong. Now, here's thankfully, again, God healed me from that. But it, it's just, again, a lot like us sometimes. I, I didn't want to admit that I needed to get my eyes checked. For the last several years, man, things just been kind of a haze. I thought it was the glory. You know, that's what I thought, man. I said, man, I'm just walking in this thing, son. I didn't know I'm in the Shekinah, man. It's just everywhere I turn, Lord. And, uh, I mean, it's thick. And, and, and finally, my wife made me go. But this is what happened. We finally, they, they did these tests on me, and I went and I picked up these glasses, and I put them on my face, and I went, dude. <laughs> Bro, it was amazing. Listen, you know what we have to do is this. First of all, come to the place where we need to admit maybe something has to change. Second is this, and I love this. Again, we all have a disease, unless, again, if you have not yet come to Christ, we have this disease. Number two is this, is God is both the physician and the cure. I mean, wouldn't it be cruel for, for uh, God to show us our, our need for him and not give us what we need to bring, to, to bring, to bring salvation to our life? Wouldn't it be cruel to, for me to go to the doctor and then we'll say, yeah, you have this problem or this situation. Yeah, you need glasses. Pay the lady out front. No, no, no. The, we, we need the cure. Listen, this whole passage, we see something else introduced here, and we see someone introduced here through the person of Jesus Christ, and we hear this referred to as he, and we see what he did for us. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says it this way, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. That's what he did for us. And look at what happens here in this same passage. Isaiah 53, it says this. It says that he borne our griefs. 
Born means this. It means that he lifted that. He carried that for us. It says, he goes on to say that he carried our sorrows. That he does this. He bore the load for that. Today, listen, if you're carrying some of these things, listen, stop. Let him have it. Let him carry it. That's what he wants to do. And he says it this way. For our transgressions, the rebellion, our sin, he says it this. He says he was wounded for that. He was wounded. And it means, that means to profane, defile, pollute, and desecrate. This is what Jesus went through for us. This is what he endured for us. It says that he was bruised for our iniquities. Jesus bruised for us. You know what it means? He means that he, he was crushed and he was broken. Now, this is what we got to see from this. This is what Jesus did for us, and Jesus gave his life for us. I'm doing a lot of research right now, studying. I've been watching a lot of debates, really studying some, some false religions and, and cults and things for something we're going to be doing on Wednesday nights. And one of the debates I was listening to, it was just kind of wrecking me. And I was sitting there watching these debates. And so many times I'll sit there and just listen to what's being said. And, and I'll hear some of the things that these guys are saying who have yet to put their faith in Christ and who have rejected this. And I'll hear them say some of these things. And my heart breaks for them. My heart breaks that they can just, just somehow reject what Christ done. I was listening to one of the debates, and, and there was actually a debate upon Jesus being God. That was, the, that was the big premise of it. Again, upon the deity of Christ, upon who he is. And this was one of the guys, uh, this is one of the guys' stance upon this. He says that Jesus cannot be God because Jesus was killed. And nobody can kill God. sat there and I was just weeping and I was like, oh man, I hope this guy says it. And, you know, and I hope the guy in response gets up and, and I hope he comes at this guy and just shows him, man, you know, you're right. You're exactly right. Nobody can kill God. It's the truth. He's God. Nobody can kill him. And I was like, man, I hope he does it. And I hope he goes there because this is what John 10 says for us. In verse 18, it says this. He says that Jesus speaking, no one takes it from me. No one. He says, behold, I lay it down of myself. Nobody killed God. God gave his life. Nobody killed Jesus. Jesus freely gave his life. He laid it down and he says this. He said, and I have power to take it again. And he says, this command I have received from my Father. So this is what Jesus did. He was scourged and he was beaten and bruised and wounded and crushed freely as a decision and a choice for us. The Bible says that he was scourged. I don't know if you understand the severity behind that. I don't know if you understand what he endured for us, but Jesus was done this way. He was placed around a whipping post, and he was tied to that whipping post. And as he was upon that whipping post, they took actually a whips that had leather straps that come out from that. And upon each of those straps, they had instruments, whether it be a, some type of weapon or metal or rock or something on the end of that rock, so that when they whipped that person, and many endured this type of beating, that when they would whip them, it would actually come down. And I know it's graphic, but we got to see the power in Isaiah 53. He was whipped and scourged and beaten. And as that whip would hit him, it would grab hold of the skin upon his body and rip it off. Jesus said this. He said that any time 
He could have called down 12 legions of angels to stop this. Anytime, all he had to do was say the word. And there were many in that situation who actually died upon the whipping post, but Jesus did not. He could not. He refused to give up his spirit until it was time, and he said it was finished. But he did this for us. He endured this to the end because Jesus did this for us. He went to the cross for us. We can never stop preaching the cross. We can never stop preaching what Jesus did here. So Jesus did this for us. He did this. He says, I see a disease nation. I'm going to diagnose it, and I'm going to be the cure. So Jesus did this. He was a physician and the cure. And so this is all we have to do. I have to go quit being so hard-headed. Get your eyes checked. Come on, man. Just look at the situation. Look at what's going on. The third thing this morning is this. We have to accept the cure. We have to accept the cure. So I want you to see. Listen, if today you're a Christian, you've put your hope in Christ. We had someone say this morning in our 9 a.m. service, I said, I, just, I hope they see what happened. I hope they get the true understanding. It's going to evolve and, and grow in them and their, and their walk with the Lord. But I want them to see, and I hope you see this. If you're in Christ, all of these things, everything that's been spoken of today, he is the cure for that. He is the one who brings hope for you. And this is what Christ does. And so this is called for us the great exchange. And this is what took place. Jesus was treated the way we should be treated. So that today we could be treated like Jesus deserves to be treated. That's what happens for us. And this is what happens when we accept the cure, put our hope in him, and understand this. Because listen, man, our sin, the disease in our life is great. But his love is greater. God's good, and we have to receive this. There, there, are so many, there, there are so many places, again, just what I've been learning, understanding, just how deep in, in, into despair some of the folks are who are out there. Listen, they're just denying. Literally, they deny that, that there isn't anything called sin. If there is this thing called sin, listen, there's not a place called hell where we'll be held accountable for those things. Listen, they just deny it. Listen, I don't, it, it does not matter if we deny it or not. It does not change the truth. It does not. It, it, we, we don't even have to believe it for it to be true. But this is what we have today. We, we can deny it or we can do this. We can do what some will do is this. They think that somehow they don't deny it. They recognize it and believe it to be true. But they think they can work their way there. They really believe that, again, what they have to bring to that table, they don't see their iniquity, their sin, their shame, all these struggles. They think they can work their way to Christ. And listen, this will never happen for us. We can never work our way there. We accept him and we accept the gift. I, I just, again, I'm hard-headed. Uh, I, I told him first service, I'm like, man, I know I'm just kind of speaking personal stories today and, and my, my wife and kids are like thankful I'm not using them as illustrations today. You know, I gave them a break, man. Take a break. A couple years ago, they diagnosed me. They said, man, you got high cholesterol. We got to give you this medication, and you need to start taking this stuff. And I'm like, I refuse to take that. I'm going to work it off. I'm going to eat better. I'm going to run more. Listen, I want you to say something. Listen, the, the, the diagnosis, can't work it off. There is no way. We have to accept the cure. And you, this is how you do this. You, you, you confess that and open your heart up to Christ. But I had a conversation this week, and... With a gentleman, he was bringing out something to our church, and and um, he was he was talking. And we were having this conversation, and man, his accent was cool. I like accents. I mean, 
I know I got like a South Carolina Southern accent kind of thing, but I like, like cool accents. I, I was like, dude, I said, where are you from, bro? And uh, he said, New York. I was like, I ain't no New York accent. I ain't what I, that's not what I'm, no, no. I said, where are you from? He said, well, originally Germany. I said, wow, that's, that's awesome. And uh, he said, uh, through our conversation, he, he shared with me, he says, family's from Germany. He said, we moved to New York. And he says, I was raised in an Amish community. And in our conversation, man, uh, come to find out again, we begin to talk about the grace of God, the goodness of God, and how, how, how beautiful Jesus is and the work that, was, that he did for us. And he said in our conversation that he put his hope in Christ and in Christ alone. And as a result of that, he was actually banned from that community. The things that you see on TV is true. And he, his family has zero to do with him. He has nine children, and, and his parents refuse to have anything to do with their children or grandchildren, but again, because of this. And it's because, listen, it really, they do believe this. They believe again in Jesus, yes, but we can work our way there. Listen, you have to understand something today. We receive the cure. It's called grace. And it's what he gives us. And how do we do that? You confess it to him. You open your mouth. And, and if you saw the scriptures, we read this earlier, it says this. It says that Jesus opened not his mouth. You know what he did? He kept his shut so we could open ours today. And so we could confess him as Lord, so we can confess that we're healed today. We can confess what Christ has done for us. Psalm 103, verse 2 and 3 says it this way. He says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities and heals all your diseases. Amen. So worship team comes out. I want you to think about a picture that Christ shows us in Scripture. And in Luke chapter 5 and Matthew and Mark as well, you see a, sto- a story of a paralytic, paralyzed, what could not in any way walk, was actually strapped into a, 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 a bed. And, and we see in the story that he has four friends who take him to Jesus. And they, 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 I love this. Faith is, is released in the area where Jesus is at work. And, and faith is released in the area. And it says that, man, they said, we, we got to take this guy to Jesus. And they actually go to where Jesus is at. They get to where Jesus is. It's too crowded. And they don't just turn around and walk on, leave and say, sorry, bro. This is what they do. They actually go up and climb up the side of the building, get on the roof, pull the guy up, tear open the roof, and lower this guy down to Jesus. That's the kind of friends we need. People who take us to Jesus. It's the kind of friend we should be also. Hey, man, ask yourself that, man. Am I hanging out with God's carrying me to Jesus? Am I carrying people to Christ? And you see something happen. This is, this is the beauty of it. They lower him down. And in the midst of all the chaos and the religious people are ticked off because they're getting stuff in their hair and This guy comes down in the midst of God. Can't walk. Jesus reaches down and says, Son, your sins are forgiven. Oh, man. (laughs) He's showing, I believe in that moment, he's modeling some things for us. And, 
We know if you study that out, there's several reasons. He's, he's wanting to show the people around him who were like, bro, who does he think he can forgive sins? And, and Jesus is showing them, hey, I can forgive it all. Told the guy to get up and walk. The guy walks out of there, man, carry him what he was carried in on. But Jesus understood something. He made the main thing the main thing. And this was what's first. He said, your sins are forgiven. Because this is the truth. If that disease is cured, we're healed in every other. Hold on, Pastor. Well, what about if we still have this on this earth? We still have this. Listen, I'm talking about eternity. Listen, you are healed. You are healed. There, no doubt in my mind, this is what Christ did. You're healed. He healed us. And so he showed them. He showed them in that moment. Let me heal the main issue and everything else is going to work out. Because here's the truth. What if he skipped the main thing? And the guy got up and walked out and he walked the rest of his life and then walked to a place called hell. Man, God shows us something so beautiful. He's showing us the main thing. Disease of the heart first. And we come to him and we put our hope in him. And Jesus shows this. And I want you to do this. I want you, if you will, just the same way that guy stood up that day. I want you to stand right where you're at right now. I want you just to close your eyes and just bow your hands for a moment if you would. And as you do that, I just want you to just think for a moment just how free God wants you to be. Just how free he wants you to be. So like if you're, you're saying, yeah, I've put my hope in Christ. He, I've put my faith in Jesus. Listen, this is what, I came, this is what came with that. This is why I, mental pain. Physical pain, gone. Listen, this is what Christ provided. Guilt, gone. Depravity, gone. Perversity, gone. This is what Christ provided for you. So I'm going to ask you this. Not how free does he want you to be. How free are you? Are you walking in that freedom? Are you encountering that, living this, and surrendering everything over to this? Listen, this is what Christ did. He has the power to do both. He showed that in Scripture. So I want to ask you this this morning. First things first, most important today. Have you surrendered your life to Christ? I'm not talking about coming to church. I'm not talking about going to BBS, glue some macaroni on a plate, and you. Good. And I know. Listen, have you surrendered? You accepted the freedom. It only comes in Jesus. Have you denied it? Have you somehow thought maybe I can work my way there and I'm gonna, when I work my way close enough then? Listen, it doesn't work that way. Listen, we have a disease. He's a physician and the cure. We must accept that by faith. It's called grace today. We put our hope in. And his name is Jesus. Today, if you need to just receive the greatest healing that's ever been offered, it's called salvation. Today, if you need to receive salvation today, I want to pray with you. I want to introduce you to Jesus. I want to introduce you to Jesus. I want to see a relationship that, that you're going to do this. You're going to put your hope in the gospel, your faith in Christ, and you're going to turn from sin. You're going to begin to walk with him, and you want to live your life for him. And the Holy Spirit will help you do that. This church will be, be a part of discipling that and encouraging you in that journey. But it begins with you saying, I have a sickness. 
He's a physician. He's my cure, and I accept him today. You want to join the, one, the ones that did this in the first service? They, if that's you, just, just right where you're standing, heads about eyes are closed. You're welcome with Jesus. You need to surrender your life to him. Maybe you've done this. I maybe I said I went to church when I was young or did something earlier, but man, I'm not walking with Christ today. And I want to just fully step into the freedom Christ has for me. I want full salvation in Christ today and only what he brings today. I want to pray with you. Just pray this this way. Say, God, I come to you. And I understand. It's not much I bring to the table. Sin is shame is struggle is disease. God, I accept now your peace. I believe in what Jesus did. Put my hope in that. Put my faith and my trust in what Christ did. He took my sin and shame. He rose from the grave. He's alive today forevermore. I can spend eternity with him. I receive you now in Jesus' name. Heads still bowed, eyes still closed. You're saying, Pastor, that was me. I, I just surrendered everything over to the Lord right now. I want you to do something before you leave. I want you to come see me. I want to pray with you. I want to talk to you. Just celebrate what God's doing. We have a care ministry room in the back. We have leadership there. We love to celebrate this and talk to you and pray with you. And I want you to see something today. Listen, you're healed. Healed today. I want to do something else. And I, I want to pray for those who maybe need healing in this room. It starts with salvation. Again, if I believe this, I believe the moment you come to Christ, you're eternally healed. I just believe there's nothing. Nobody can show me anything, get me, convince me of any other thing other than believing that truth. But I do believe this. I do believe that God wants us to encounter that just as that, that guy did in Luke 5 and receive that here on this side of People who say, again, gifts of healing are no longer operation. We, we, we know that's just not truth according to Scripture and according to what we've encountered in this room. So I want to do this way. You may need healing today. As we talked about that physical, emotional, spiritual, there may be guilt, struggles, addictions, whatever it may be. You know who the healer is? It's Jesus. And he's here today. And so as the worship team gets ready to minister and so. We want to do this. We want to pray healing over you. If you have a physical need, don't stay where you're at. You have a spiritual need, emotional, whatever it may be. I want you to step out. We want to just pray with you. We believe in healing. Maybe you need to sit and talk to someone. Step to the back. Go to the care room. But listen, don't stay where you're at. It was never God's plan for you to stay where you're at. The plan is for you to walk with him and go after him and encounter him in a real way. So as the worship team gets ready to minister in song, if you need prayer, you need healing for any reason today, we're going to pray with you. We're going to pray for you. And God's going to do a work in your life. You need, to, you need to just talk to someone. I want you to swing to the back. Stop by care, minister your room. Maybe you want to do this. I want to just give God, man. I just want to just give him praise. And I want to thank him for Isaiah 53. I want to thank him that he set me free. Will you do, I want you to know this. This front's available. It's open. And I want you to come. And listen, if you need prayer for any reason, you need healing for anything going on in your life, I want you to step out at this time as a worship team ministers and so. This has been a podcast of Pastor Terry Rogers brought to you by Faith Renewed. 
For more information about us, please visit faithrenewed.org. For questions, feel free to contact us via email at info@faithrenewed.org. At 